Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right. What up? What up? Preseason what is over. Huh? Preseason is over, Josue. Celtics tried really hard to make it not end. Um, yeah, another, this another overtime game. Joey Missoula playing for the win, putting the starters back in. Minus Tatum, which we'll get to. Minus Tatum went for the win. Went Marcus the win. almost, Marcus almost tore his groin in two. Um, and uh, Celtics end up falling to the rafters. They both of their preseason loss, Toronto 137-134. Um, you know, lots to unpack from this game. Uh, you know, I, I think most of it good. Um, the It is interesting. I mean, there's definitely some things, and I know you've got the box score up in front of you that are, yeah, you know, a little worrisome. Right. But it's the preseason. You're just kind of getting stuff out. I think the thing, you know, I think the Tatum injection is the headline of this game, but if I start talking about it now, it'll be the only thing I talk about. And then that's just what we'll end up doing. And then everyone's just going to be mad the whole time. And everyone's just going to yell at me. And so be it. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. That happened. That happened a lot last year, John. This is the, you know, this is, this is it but it's preseason for me too. I don't, I'm not taking this seriously either. So I don't want to be yelled at right now. Um, right. Not, right. You know, but you know what though? This makes sense though. This makes sense because, you don't want to. You're not taking these games seriously, but you're looking in between the lines here. And of course, that this this Tatum ejection and the overtime loss, it's your headline. I get it. I get it. <laughs> well, I mean, all right. I'm gonna jump to it, and then we'll we'll go, we'll get back to it because I think that is the headline. There's a couple problems. Um, like, I think people are missing the point of the Tatum ejection, and and that's what's bothering me a little bit, Joe Sway. It's I I don't think anybody is going to dispute the fact that it was like pretty questionable ejection uh pretty questionable second tech to give to a star certainly in a and people are saying dude it's the preseason why would you do that here look if it were the regular season he got tossed in a close game against a you know a conference rival or the playoffs for something that small you'd be like are you kidding me with the refs this is not about the refs, people, okay? This is about a pattern of behavior that's existed forever with Tatum that he can't shake. And it it, it carried through the playoffs. Um, it, it was a thing that Emi Udoka talked about addressing at the beginning of last season. He couldn't rein it in. Joe Mazzulla is not going to be able to rein it in. It just no. is what it is. So I know people are like, 
you have to look at it, but the, the story's not the rep that was a garbage tech. Tatum basically got three texts because after he got the second one, he sat on the floor the whole time and they gave him a third one, but he technically didn't exist anymore because he was tossed out. So they right. called it a team technical, but he's basically got three technical fouls in a freaking preseason game just because he was being a baby. Just stop. Don't yeah. do that. The people who are mad at Tatum, who are mad that the that Tatum doesn't get the superstar Carls he deserves for a first team All NBA guy, that's why the refs hate him. They hate him. Yeah. So that's that arm wave after you've been just doing it after every trip down the floor. They just don't have any tolerance for it. He's really. Yeah. He's put himself in a bad spot vis-a-vis the refs uh, because you want him to get superstar calls. You want him to get that treatment. He's just not getting it. I don't know if he's going to get it unless something snaps and he changes, and I just don't get it. I don't know if you feel the same way, but my reaction is, yeah, it was a garbage ejection, but, like, come yeah. on, man. You know, like, yeah. just just quit it already. It was less about the play. It was more about the reaction, and I'm with you because that's and it was a his- really minor reaction. But that's his go-to. But go-to-do. it's still it's constant. That's yeah. his go-to. Right, exactly. I think it's common, and I think this this type of pattern it, it resonates with the re- with the officials. I mean, they they know this about him already. I think it's a reputation thing. I'm, I'm with you on this, John. I'm not I'm not as mad as you are <laughs> at Tatum because this is when you're supposed to get this stuff out of your out of your habits, right? Throughout the preseason, or at least try to, or at least say, okay, that's a teaching moment right there. That's a lesson that I needs to carry over into the regular season, and I need to make sure that I don't put myself in these situations. I just hope that Jason Tatum is able to take these things. Seriously, right? I, I hope he's thinking about that from a realistic standpoint and going into the regular season that if this were to happen, that would be a problem, you know? And like you said, Ime Udoka not, you know, not having him in that in, in, in the uh in the picture, it doesn't help. It really doesn't, because that's the one guy that would hold him accountable and also put him Try. on last, you know, after the game. And look, that's not to say if Joe Mazzula does that, that that's gonna help because he's the new guy right now, he's in a new spot, so he's he's gotta He's got to be. He's got to tread lightly with this thing, and and Tatum knows better. You know, he should he should really know better right now. We we have to get. He's got to be more accountable for these kind of things because this isn't the second, third, or fourth year. You know, he's been he's been through this. Yeah, and the fact that it's preseason actually makes it all the more embarrassing. What are you throwing tantrums for in games that don't matter? You know, even minor ones. That stuff yeah. should roll off you. You don't need to fight for calls. It's a superstar uh, it, flex. I call it. That's what it is. Sure, a, that's fine. And like, like, yeah. There's people in the chat, Josue, who are like, well, you shouldn't, there shouldn't be any bias in refereeing. There shouldn't, but there is. And that's the reality of it. And what I don't understand is. Because they're I human mean, beings, John, right? Like, yeah, of course, they're, they're going to be a little biased if you keep doing that throughout the course of the, of the game. And, and they know that you're that guy to, to react that way you know, throughout. Everyone responds to that kind of stuff. Everyone is. You're right. It's human nature. Like if you just keep getting beat on over and over again, you're like, oh man, I'm not giving this guy the benefit of the doubt on any of this stuff. So you lose a lot of those 50 fifties and yeah, it's wrong. That's not how refs are supposed to react, but we know that's what they do. We know superstars get calls. We know Jason Tatum doesn't get a lot of them when he goes to the basket. He's constantly frustrated by it. It's, it's, you know, it's the chicken or the egg thing. He, You know, he's frustrated because he's not getting the calls. He might not be getting the calls because he's showing his frustration, showing up the refs left and right. I don't think that that's that yeah. ridiculous to say. Um, what you I know, don't why, you know is- why it's disappointing, though? You know why? Like, for, from, a, from a CLNS guard report standpoint, because first, first, we'll get into it later, I'm sure, but first, the the, the, the text messages and the stuff that you're talking about with Derek White, right before he goes off, like, the best person <laughs> of his life, right? <laughs> And then second, you go on this, I think it was literally the tweet was like 
minutes before Tatum hit that first three-pointer. When you're like, oh, great, he's two for, what is it, 18 throughout these first three preseason games, and then boom, one three, and then yeah. boom, another. He starts heating up. He starts heating up in the second half, you know, going into the fourth quarter, and then he gets himself ejected. It's like, oh, man, like, this is yeah. the sort of 180 that we've seen from Tatum before where he can go ice cold. He can go, you know, historically bad from the floor and then just turn it around like that. And he just started doing that before he got ejected. He did. He, he hit a couple, but overall he finished three for 10. And I'll pull up the numbers. The other side of the Jason Tatum thing. See, and again, that wouldn't have been the case. You know it. You know he wouldn't have shot 30%, John. You know he would have made at least two or three more if he stayed in it, man. Uh, who knows? And it's possible. But, um, you know, it was a pretty crappy preseason for him all, all total. You know, but like... Yeah. That's the thing is you'll excuse, you'll excuse the shooting, but you want to see a little bit more of it uh, with this other stuff. Again, like I said, is it's almost like, you know, if, if like you were conducting like experiments on humans and they're like in a controlled environment and like every time you touched one doorknob, it would shock you. And so, you know, by now Tatum should know not to shock that doorknob, like not to touch that doorknob. Like, has he though, John? Has but that's he what he, but he hasn't. Has that's what's amazing is like, it's See. it's simply a matter of causing. If you don't, if you behave a certain way, this happens. If you right. don't, the other thing happens. Just stop touching the sh the shock buzzer because yeah. every time you do that, every time you bitch with the refs, it goes worse for you. So yeah. stop, stop. Yeah, but for me, see, for me, I look at it like this. It's more like. The, the the kid who 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 was told not to play with the stove, but he only got burnt a little bit. Like he didn't yeah. get full burn. Like we haven't seen him completely, you know, cost the Celtics a huge loss. So you know? that, not yet, at least. Right. Not yet. Well, today he did. I mean, they, the run they went on. I well, mean, it's a preseason game. Counts, I guess, yeah, yeah, of course. And it doesn't yeah. count, and it doesn't matter. And yeah, sure, all things total, you want to get tossed out of a game, get tossed out of a preseason game. But it is just infuriating at this point and i treat i tweeted that as like you're right he hasn't done one that's cost them a game yet but the, the this is what i tweeted i'm glad this happened to him because i hope he's a little embarrassed by it you know because i hope it's like a little shock to my system like you go home and you're like what am i doing man like what am i complaining about these four it's the preseason like yeah, come on like Right. If he comes out of it thinking like the refs have it out for me, that's the wrong message. Like that's the, he didn't learn anything. If he comes right. out of it saying like, this is, I just embarrassed myself. We're playing a game. We're playing fine. I know it's the preseason, but like, I gotta just, I gotta just, I gotta put that stuff in my pocket and move on. That would be good. Get it out of your system. Enter the regular season, a new and mature guy and be like, I'm just not doing that anymore. Let's you know? look ahead and let's say uh, if 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 it gets worse, right, and, and someone has to call him out. This the do is it one of his teammates? Is it is it Jalen? You know, is it Marcus? You know, because it, it could reach that point again. Again, speaking in hypothetical situation where he costs the Celtics a big game or any game for that matter, right? And, and it comes to someone trying to hold him accountable. You think that happens on this team? It'll be no. But what's funny is like you'd think like Grant would be that guy because they have a relationship and he's one of the vocal guys. But Grant goes in there and he starts defending him. And yeah, he gets he's not in the, do that. He, he gets in behind closed doors. But Grant's not gonna get in front of cameras and do that. No, no it's way. Gotta be someone like Marcus or maybe even Jalen. But we'll see. Yeah, I don't get it. I, I really it don't get it. Um, so, you know, I, I'm curious, uh, in the post game and, uh, I just teasing ahead, Bobby Manning is in Montreal 
Um, he can't hey, stay away. Bobby, a, getting those, getting those, uh, the, the passport stamp. There you go. Bobby Canada. Can't, Bobby Canada couldn't resist a trip up there. So he's up there uh, covering the game for CLNS Media uh, in the post-game scrums right now. He'll jump on the show in a little bit. We'll see if Tatum talks um, and, uh, you know, what his overall reaction is here. Um, but, uh you know, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Uh, the other thing to talk about is, uh, you know, on the Tatum front is he's not, he, he's, he, he's, hasn't been great uh, shooting wise again, which is another bummer. And again, it's only preseason, but if you're going to talk about the good and there's plenty of it, cause we we've been sitting here talking about how Jalen Brown looks like he's ready to lead the league in scoring. We've talked about Sam Hauser. We've talked about the Malcolm Brogdon effect. So you talk about the positive things that you see in the preseason. We're going to talk about Derek white tonight. He played his probably his best offensive game as a member of the Celtics. You got to talk about what's not working. You'd love to see Tatum knocking down those shots early to think that last year was a total fluke, right? Yeah. I mean, for sure. But yeah, I'm not going to freak over it. But wouldn't you feel a lot better if he was just he just looked lights out? You know, like it'd be like, oh, would. thank God that shooting stuff is gone. Yeah, you would. But I think what was encouraging about it was was his approach. I feel like he was attacking. I feel like he was you know trying to be. It was sort of like NBA final Tatum, right? The, the 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 most of the that series where he just couldn't find his offense, but he was trying to do the other things. But um, yeah. it seemed like he was going to turn things around. I guess you know before the injection, like I said, but. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what how he handles those situations because he's going to have nights like that. I mean, it just that just tends to happen, and you hope that doesn't happen regularly throughout the course of the regular season. But with these reinforcements, you know, guys like Malcolm Brogdon in the picture now, Sam Hauser, if he can keep this up, I mean, maybe not to this extent, but if he can be someone that the Celtics can rely on for buckets, that's going to help. You know, you look at that first quarter when Jalen and, and, and Tatum were just finding guys like, you know, in the corner, you know, Derek White, Grant Williams got some, you know, guys were just they had all the time in the world to take those shots and, and Jason and, and, and Jalen I feel like are, are really they're really dialed in and that's in that regard of making sure that they're they're getting guys involved and making making it you know clear that they don't have to put the team on their back every single time I mean again this is preseason but you can see their mindset is sort of shifted to the to, to those old days of I don't know even last year's preseason where it was like okay I got to take over now you know or, or that first couple of months of the regular season yep yep no doubt what um and again, but those uh, shots are falling though. That's the only thing. Yeah, that's, yeah, it's just it's just the open like Jalen. Every time he gets an open look, you're a hundred percent certain it's going to go down. Tatum's getting open looks and they're not going down again. And I'm just getting that weird PTSD from last year. Does it mean it carries over? No. I just feel a lot better if it was going down. That's all. All right, quick pause to tell you about our exclusive wagering partners and one of our sponsors here at the Garden Report, Bet Online. Over at betonline.ag, football is back, and BetOnline is your number one source for all your football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all of the latest football odds, news, and game matchups. BetOnline is your continued source for all your wagering information, including live betting, free contests, and live scores. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events, including, of course, MLB, MMA, tennis, uh, boxing, and of course, even golf. You know you're going to have basketball and hockey coming around the corner as well, so get ready for that. Use our promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Once again, that code is CLNS50. Receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Yeah, that's true. 
the open ones. Oh, you're always looking for growth, development, going to the basket, playing more aggressive, playing with your head up, cutting down the turnovers, X, Y, Z. Those are all things you can control, you know, and like that's an approach thing. And the shot, you know, sometimes it falls, sometimes it doesn't. I'd feel just a little better if it was falling. Uh, What happened to Brogdon? He didn't play in the second half. Um, They said it wasn't serious, but cautionary. I don't like that. Yeah, I mean, the Celtics released what happened, but of course, they didn't get into details. And I think it was Adam Himmelsbach who said he spoke yeah. to someone who says that, he's, that if this was a regular season game, that he would be out there. So it's more of a precautionary thing. I want to hear more about it. I'm sure Joe, Joe Mazzullo is going to talk about it. I'm sure Bobby will have an update for us. But hopefully it's nothing too serious because, I mean, that's something that was on, it's on the back of everyone's minds or most Celtics fans' minds because it's just it's his history. It's his pattern. It's what it's who he's yeah. been the last, you know, four, four, three to four years. So. Yeah. Uh, positive takeaways. I agree with that. You know, keep them on ice as much as you That's can. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, positive takeaways um, for sure. Uh, you have to look at the overall offense and you have to look at the pace. It's two things that we've noticed from the from the first game all the way through. Yeah. They're, play, yeah, they're, sure. they're playing with a lot more pace. They're getting open shots. It's interesting. Uh, they are getting beat up on the glass a little bit and their defensive pres- presence obviously isn't the same without Rob. Yeah. But there's that sacrifice. The offense right. is really humming with that kind of three guard lineup. Well, and obviously Derek White, Derek White hitting every friggin' three tonight. Exactly. Helped. See, that's what I wanted to make sure we talk about because that's not look. We, even throughout the good times of last season, the Celtics did have nights like that where they were scoring, you know, 22, 23 three pointers. And this is know, this is the Draymond Green night. This is Draymond Green when we called exactly. him out. He's like, right, he's game like, one, exactly. Game one vibes for sure. Like game one vibes. If you watch this team throughout the course of last season, you know, all throughout, you know that's just not who they are. So when the shots aren't falling, when guys are rebounding, I mean, you're going to miss Rob. You're going to miss, you know, that that presence on both ends of the floor, whether it's cleaning the glass or just playing defense in general, man. Look, I don't understand why people – we can get into it later, but, like, people are so shocked about the whole KG not putting the Celtics in the top four. I'm like, not everyone's failing this team right now because, again, they don't know what this team's going to look like without Rob. They don't know how the defense is going to stand – when Rob may not play a game until 2023, you know, that's a, that's a handful of games. And, and Southern fans should know better than any, you know, they can fall behind quickly. You know, of course they turn things around in a historic fashion last year, but that's not always going to be the case. You know, Rob was a big part of that for sure. Yeah. So. Yeah. There, there's no doubt. Um, and we're going to get into that Monday. We'll have a season preview. Tuesday yeah. Yeah. Is yeah. From, right. But yeah. no, Tuesday's the opener, but I mean, you know, but yeah, but look, uh, uh, but what I really wanted to say was also, yeah, if the shots aren't falling and you're not cleaning the glass like that, I mean, Toronto would have been up by 15, 20 points. I mean, that that's how good this team can be when when they're when they're playing defense the way they did and the way they came out. But the Celtics, of course, they 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 caught fire. I mean, look, Derek White got targeted like six consecutive possessions. Like it was a mismatch. Toronto's taking them down low. You don't think a lot of teams are going to do that when they're when that happened in the that guards. happened in the playoffs too. Like Mr. All exactly. Defense, Mr. All Defensive was getting he was getting cooked. Exactly. You're like you're gonna get you're gonna get targeted and, and on know- back to back possessions. Barnes did it on one, and then Van Fleet followed with another. So it's the, the the taller guy, the shorter guy, you know, and they they were drawn to him, and he just got beat. He just got beat. He did. He did, and if he didn't go lights out from the, from behind the arc, I mean, it would have been a different situation. I mean, I'm, I'm sure he would have been pulled out you know, way, way before the start of the second quarter, but that wasn't the case. Like, look again, this, when the shots are falling, this team is going to be, they're going to be difficult to beat because everyone is so committed on the defensive end, but down low, I mean, when you're playing teams like this, who are just big, just big guys, one through five. Yeah. Very tall, you know, defensive minded guys, tactical guys who, uh, 
who, you know, you're going to have to shoot lights out sometimes to try to beat them. And look, they still lost. You know, they lost by, by three points in overtime. Yeah. Um, Preseason and all. Again, uh, and uh, we're wrapping up the uh, post-game pressers just a little bit. Um, uh, hold on one here. Yep. Um, but, again, we talk about the good. We talk about the bad. Right. Der- Derek White confidently taking and knocking. What was so interesting about Derek White is uh, last year, the ball swung to him. He would confidently step up, take the shot. It was the right shot to take. None of these threes were forced and none of them went in. Um, and so you can't quite figure out what the hell's going on because it looks normal. He's, he's taken it. The stroke looks the same every single time. He looks confident and Nothing went in, but uh, Bobby, I th- we think, was watching him, you know, during practices and during, uh, you know, warmups and stuff like that. He thinks his release is a little bit different. Everybody always talks about I went yeah. in the lab and I worked on X, Y, Z. I am yeah, curious well, to see. About it, though. Yeah, that's what I heard. I'm curious if this is real or not, because it that would be, I mean, oh, it's that's real, the whole man. thing. John, he looked Derek at me in my White, eyes and said it, man. I believe I asked that question, you know. Yeah, no, but no, it's true. <laughs> Derek White, and again. Going back to last year, the Derek White that he got for all his other uh, contributions was borderline unplayable at times because the offense was so bad. That's a fact. Yeah. I, I we're not it, it, we get it. He does a lot of not other things good. well, but yeah. that's he was playing himself off the court because he was so bad on offense. The team just couldn't sustain having him out there, particularly with the amount of raw minutes that you had and this and that. You just can't have multiple offensive liabilities on the court at the same time. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of the trade-off when you have, a, you know, that double big lineup or a lineup is so dependent on that. Uh, you're playing those guys together all the time. If you're throwing White in the mix with Al and Rob, man, you've really got a problem spacing the floor and getting off shots. So uh, White has to be able to knock those down. He has to be able to knock down open looks, particularly when they're playing in that small ball lineup and the ball's zipping around there. Um and there's a lot of people who can create and distribute and draw attention from the defenses. He's going to have those all day long. Everyone's going to give him that shot, and he's got to knock down. If he knocks that down at th- even 35, 36, 37%, that's a totally different player. Absolutely, because that 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 wasn't who he was last year. And I think that's a, that's something that uh, people f- tend to forget because they're looking at his career numbers or what he what he did a couple of years ago. But what he shot, 30, 32, 33%. So it was you want him to sort of flirt with that uh, somewhere anywhere close to 40% from behind the arc. And if he's not out there doing that, I mean, it's really hard for him to sort of fit in. Right. I I mean, we talked about what he, what he does defensively and how teams are sort of targeting when you're, when you're having that three guard lineup and you're undersized like that. But also, I also, you know, going into training camp, I'm, I'm thinking this, this, this would be most beneficial to him, right? Because you, you think about the Brogdon signing and the trade rather and, you think about the, the pressure sort of not on him as much as it was a year ago, but at the same time, if you're with Derek White, you have to wonder, am I expendable? You know, if, if I can't get this thing going, I mean, or Peyton Pritchard can sort of be that guy to knock down three-point shots, he sort of is expendable, right? And I know that we talked about that before in the past, and when you think about the the first-round pick and what, what the Celtics gave up to, to get him, you want to see this Celtics make this work because – I mean, that was assets that, that it took for to bring this guy in. And it was, it just seemed like the right move. It seemed like he'd be a perfect fit. And I'm not saying that he's not, he looks good right now. He looks great. So, and with everything he had going on between having a baby and moving to Boston and going and trying to mesh with this team, I, I give him credit for that. I mean, that's not always easy, but you, again, going through a whole training camp with this team, uh, feeling like you fit in, or at least from what it looks like throughout 
these these outings and this one being your best one so far, you hope it carries over to the regular season. Yeah, we are going to um, take a quick pause and we're going to um, talk about one of our sponsors here as soon as I can find it. Oh, we're talking about athletic greens. Guys, uh, I got to tell you, uh, I'm very happy. Um, there's been a lot of uh, positive feedback here on athletic greens. So if anybody here has purchased it and has anything to say about it in the chat, please share your feedback. But, but I, I will say um, it's been uh, very uh, evident just from uh, people DMing me, showing me that their orders, uh, um, T-shirts that we're sending out, you know, uh, you as a yeah, yeah, they want them shirts, but I think I think people are actually kind of digging this product. So tell you yeah, about it um, again. Uh, it's our partner here, Athletic Greens, um, something that we all take. Uh, you know, why did I take it? Uh, and people in the Garden Report, we wanted better gut health, energy, optimize immune system. Don't want to take a zillion pills and vitamins and all that stuff. So um, this is it: one stop shopping, one scoop, AG one seventy five, high quality vitamins, minerals, all that. Boom to start your day right. Um, it's the best diet friendly. It's a What's year that? supply. The best part is that it's a year supply. Like this is such a good deal. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't have to worry about it for a whole year, and, and yeah. you're just you're taking care of your health. I mean, at, at that point, it's on you. I'll give you that. Like getting into the habit of doing it daily. I mean, that's that's completely on you. But to know that you're getting a year supply, like that's just that's just a great value there. You know, it's really good value. It ends up being about three bucks a day, which again, you're probably spending on a bunch of other things if you're tying it all together right. and you are, uh, you know, kind of you know picking and choosing your stuff. Uh, a zillion five star reviews, pro athletes, health experts, celebrities endorse it uh it's an all-in-one nutritional you know uh, uh you know supplement you can take one scoop uh in a cup of water every day it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition uh no need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health to make it easy we at the garden report are going to give you a free one-year supply of immune supporting vitamin d and five free travel packs with your first purchase but you have to go to athleticgreens.com garden and if you do that we will send you one of these as well a garden report a phenomenal t-shirt um all you have to do is dm me um, uh, and my Twitter handle with your uh, shirt size, your address, and a receipt, and we will absolutely uh, send that to you uh, right away. So once again, athleticgreens.com uh, slash garden is the place uh -oh. to go. We will welcome in this guy, Bobby Manning. Oh, What's timing? going on? Some uh, Raptors fans in the in the com. I mean the uh, yeah comment section right now. They love it. They're always in here. They're yeah, waiting they're, for they're, Bobby Canada to show on. up. Uh, Bobby, any who talked post game? Uh, we did not get Tatum. We got Grant and Smart. Okay, so I am sure their takeaway is that the refs overreacted, right? Yeah, Smart said he'd never <laughs> seen anything like that. Uh, Grant kind of gave me the blow-by-blow -blow of it. Um, Tatum got the tech for slamming the ball. Um, Grant told the ref after that, ref's a game, not your emotions. So he got a tech. And then... <laughs> That, what a dumb shit. That's a great line. That, you don't That's say that a to a ref. And then uh, what was the other? Oh, the other one was the delay a game because Tatum was just standing on the court. You got three technicals, so was, Bobby. The triple technical plus the, the triple two, a five technical is play. hard to pull off. I had no, never nothing, heard nothing. of a five Grant point can play, play. Every once in a while, Grant can play the goon role. He could be a goon, you know? He could, he could get those one-liners. And Joe didn't have much to say to it. I asked Joe if he was concerned about it, and he said he wasn't. This was obviously a theme last year, right? The complaining, Tatum, Grant specifically, technical fouls. Um, 
getting out of games emotionally, not getting back on defense in those circumstances where they were complaining. Uh, so this is Joe's first challenge, and you kind of saw it on the sideline. We were sitting pretty close to the bench. Uh, he didn't interact much with the refs, didn't interact much with the players through those sequences. Um, there was a lot of complaining from the bench as well during this game, and uh, no one really to rein things in. The only time I saw someone rein things in was White pushing Grant away from an official later after that sequence. Uh, so Grant was ready to complain some more after the triple. Wasn't that amazing? That's what struck me is, um, and, and Joe Sway was asking earlier, who's the guy to pull him away there? And that was a baffling sequence because while Tatum got his tech and he won't leave the court and he's sitting there still unable to accept the, his fate and the consequences of his actions, justified or not, nobody thinks that like the ref was in the right and that Tatum did something over the top, but he pissed the ref off because that's what he does. And he teed him up. That can happen. There's no, like, hard and fast rule for a tee. You disrespect a ref, yeah. you show him up, you wave at him, you bitch about something. He can tee you up anytime. That's how it works. So you're playing with fire every time you do that. Every time you go at these guys, they're within their rights to hit you with one. Everyone will say, like, oh, these drunk with power refs, whatever. But what bothers me a little was, yeah, Grant's going in, and instead of slowing it down, he's getting another tee, and Missoula's just standing there all, like right in a line with those guys and just kind of watching. And so yep. that was a I good learning moment for Joe, but he was just standing yeah. there. And at some point you, you'd want to see him get mad and be like, get the, get off the freaking court. <laughs> yeah. You know, but, but he stuff, didn't. That stuff happens quickly though, John, he's not, you know, this is a good teaching moment for him because he's not, I bet you he's like, Whoa, that escalated quickly. And then that's what happens. And head coaches sort of have to make that, judgment call right away you know whether it's oh, i'm gonna i'm gonna get in the referee's face and, and defend my player or am i gonna be like hey hey that's it you know we're, this conversation's over i gotta pull my guy away and separate them guys we're done here let's focus you know that's a thin line you know so yeah but he's got to get in there and he's got to yeah, no, get like sure. come I'm on man but yeah. you're right he's it's a tough spot for him because he doesn't want to look like spot. he's siding with the refs and getting on tatum and he wants on to get his guys matchup right you if don't anything be, if you want to you don't want to be the headline of this game, you know. Oh, if you're Missoula really there, what you should have done is gone right at the ref and friggin' gotten yourself thrown out too, you know. That's like the baseball manager thing, you know. <laughs> well, you, I'll you tell you, your, you Doc, throw yourself on the. Yeah, Doctor. you didn't want to go back to the soccer room here tonight. It was a, it was a, it looked, it made the TD garden uh, visitors locker room look really luxurious. It, oh, I don't really? even know where Tatum hung out in there. <laughs> It was just oh, kind yeah. of some benches along the side, some little like hooks to hang up the jerseys. It was not. Not a place to hang out. I'm interested in what Tatum did back there for the quarter he was out or whatever it was. Uh, but, but yeah, this, this was this was a big lesson for Missoula tonight. Felt like he pushed uh, his regulars a little too far here. He came in with a plan to condition them, and I felt like flow a game. He, they hit a point where they probably should have just pulled the plug on some guys. Smart took a spill on the wet floor. That was something Horford that comes back well. in with eight minutes left. Smart comes back in with six. Brown came in hits. with five. Then yeah. Brown comes in with five. Smart hits the deck there on a spill on the court. Brogdon like, got hurt tonight. Brogdon's out. What are we doing? Yeah, that wasn't a great move, I thought, pushing them back onto the floor after their runs. You know, you get up to what? They were at like 25 to 29 minutes, starters and regulars there. You could have let Noah Vonley run and some of the guys deep down the bench there. And no Luke tonight. What a disappointment. That's why I came up here, right? <laughs> did you did you drive him up there? <laughs> what a disappointment. I will say, <laughs> I like the starting lineup. 
if we want to pivot to that. We I, did I talk about it, how it, there's a trade-off. It's like the three guards, actually John Duke, uh, who does uh, Celtic Stuff Live here uh, uh, at CLNS <laughs> net, uh, Network with uh, with uh, Justin Poulin, uh, tweeted that, uh, so apparently uh, the three-guard lineup is a top three offense in the NBA, and the and the double big lineup is a uh, is a is a top defense in the NBA. It's actually interesting versatility to have if you're willing to go there. Uh, and there is a trade-off. I, the offense is more dynamic when you have more playmakers out there. There's no question about it. We've been clamoring for it for two friggin' years since the days of Tristan freaking Thompson. Tristan Tom, we're playing Tristan Thompson and Daniel Tice at the same time, Bobby. You know, like. We've been through and they were a lot. Ready to go, Luke and Al. It looked like before the Luke injury, and then they no found some way were Luke. they ever really considering that. Tristan started opening night, didn't he? Jeez, he did. No, they he started pretty much that whole season as John screamed into the heavens for Rob. <laughs> <laughs> That's a guard report. To go back. <laughs> oh my goodness! I could from day one. Like, what are we doing? But I mean, we were against it last year, and they came out of the gate slow and sluggish, and things looked off. And then they flipped the switch, and then everyone shut up about double big for a while. But we've never really liked it, and I even think this, despite the fact that it was successful, I mean, hugely successful uh, in the regular season. You saw Rob's impact in the playoffs. I still want to separate those guys. I'd still, when Rob comes back, I don't want to do it. I want to keep those guys separate and have more, more, more playmakers on the floor. Well, that's what I've seen in the preseason. I've been excited with the fluidity of the offense. And you know what I've noticed? And you're going to like this point, John. Their guards are almost better screeners than Rob was. Yeah. You see that off Rob's ball. not a great they screener. Know, they know where to be. They're positioning well. They're freeing up Tatum and Brown. And Brown had a huge preseason playing off those guys. Uh, they have good sense on where to roll, where to cut. There was a ton of cutting in this preseason, more than I think we've ever seen before in the Tatum era. Uh, so they were pretty active offensively and shot well and a lot more uh, movement. Moved the ball great all yeah. the way back to that 41 assist and preseason opener. On a couple of those, like, uh, you know, we talked about Derek White kind of, you know, being, you know, obviously his shooting, you know, made that three guard lineup look a lot better. Um, but uh, sorry, I didn't want to talk about Horford. Um, but also the movement, uh, a couple of his threes, he wasn't just standing in the corner camped out. He relocated there. He moved, you know, he'd pass and he'd move to an open spot. There was a lot of people moving to spots. It was, a, the, the offense was a lot less stagnant uh, than it was for, for, for large periods of last year. The ball's definitely not, not sticking to people. And as much as Joe's talked about, I don't want to change things. I don't want to rock the boat here. He did come into this job with, a desire to open up this team's offense a little and bit and look at the lineups. Yeah. They've, they've run. Ime would not have run the lineups they've been running in the preseason. I don't think. Right. Uh, and that's sort of the Brad school of thought, right? We, we kind of thought Missoula being a Stevens hire that he'd be more of the Stevens type coach. And we remember those Stevens years, Crowder at the four and small ball and three guards and shooting and spacing and pace. It looks like that's back. And, Yes, the offense is going to bump up from that, but how much do you give up on the defensive end? I'm not a big rebounding guy, but against a team like Toronto, you give up 20-plus offensive rebounds, and this is the kind of result you're going to get here. This is one of those games, I think, where rebounding mattered. 
Yeah, you, you never yeah. care about rebounding until you have that game where rebounding is the difference. You know, yeah. for the most part, you just kind of live with it. Like, okay, we're not a great rebounding team, but you make up in a lot of different areas. But that 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 game where you're getting just absolutely murdered, you play 22 seconds of really good defense. You get you 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 know you get a good stop, you force a bad shot, and then they just get a gimme on that. That could be Tuesday. That's yeah. a big team you're going against Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so that happens. Before you came on, Bobby, we were talking about like when the three point shot isn't falling, this team's gonna be in trouble. Like, I give them the I give them the benefit of the doubt that they're gonna have a handful of games like like this where the the, the, the three four three tonight, Josway, huh? Fifty four three point attempts tonight. Right, exactly. Like you can't. It's like John made a great point. It's like what Raymond was saying, like, look, this doesn't in the NBA Finals. They're not gonna do this every single night after you know, after game one, and that's exactly game what one vibes. Yep. Game one buys for sure. With white too, yeah. Not having someone like Robert Williams, and that's a huge hole in the middle. You know, I think someone like Noah Vonley, like, look, I don't, I don't think these guys need to play twenty plus minutes, but they're going to be crucial in the sense of you know bridging the gap from the starters when they get their when they get their yeah. rest and you know trying to hold down yeah. the fort because there's not who's rebounding out there besides him and Grant. I mean, those are your only secondary rebounders. Yeah, well, it gives them a little something there. At the oh, end Blake, of the day, yeah. um, for all of the, you know, the white, you know, the white hitting his three-pointer at a clip you don't fully expect, a bunch of guys who you do expect to hit uh, shots uh, were not hitting their shots uh, tonight. Hauser went one for seven, and a couple of them were some of the worst-looking shot attempts I've ever did seen in my life. Did that one get blocked that went off the backboard? I, I couldn't yeah, tell. No I idea. Did. I yeah. didn't think it did. Yeah. Yeah, that was weird. You know, and Tatum again, three man, for ten with another good. brutal – you know, another Pritchard two shots game. at the buzzer to win it. He had some big looks and just flat, you know. So Pritchard over four. Pritchard again. It, I guess if you're going to do takeaways from this game and things that are meaningful, um, you know, they basically played nine guys. Um, Cornette was not one of them at all, and Pritchard was an afterthought. Uh, yeah. And again, with with a healthy Brogdon, White, and uh, Smart, I, I just don't see I don't see a path for Pritchard. Yeah, especially with everything we just said about rebounding, getting and how important that is. Like, you, especially you, considering you how small go they're going to be, you got to go with one of the big guys for sure. Yeah, yeah, and I'm not usually that. Ooh, who is a big man? They got to get somebody. And Derek Favors did become available tonight, uh, but they do. That. I think it's more about like the because Rob will come back. That that makes them bigger when that happens. But in the meantime. You when, are kind of small at that three four spot, and not even so much small, but I think the guys it's harder playing, to hide Pritchard, yeah. And I think the guys who are playing that position aren't used to being on the boards like they, they need to be right now. Tatum, Brown, they they kind of got caught off guard in that first game. I thought they rebounded better in the second game against Toronto, and then again tonight, you put Hauser out there, not a plus rebounder. Grant has not had a rebound at a high level throughout his career, and I think struggles too at times. Uh, so Brown and Tatum are the key guys there, I think. They got to be crashing there. They got to be keeping guys off. And there were a couple of balls where uh, OG, Tatum were fighting for one, and Barnes was in there fighting with Tatum. They're really going to have to scrap these out. And it's going to take a lot of effort and intensity, I think, for them to compete yeah, it's a team effort. on the boards. Yeah. yeah. They, they That's all an adjustment. Crash. They're not used to it. They're used to letting Rob get 12, just jumping. <laughs> um, how's um, you're changing gears a little bit? Well, Bobby, any other takeaways from this game before I before I navigate us in a different direction? Um, nothing crazy. There was some like technical stuff. I thought they started switching some more. The lineups they ran, I think, were in an effort to switch 
a lot more and there was some cute confusion there there was some breakdowns a lot of the new guys especially i think have some catching up to do there uh the complaining of course we hit on uh hopefully brogdon's not hurt um but yeah they're gonna keep it tight looks like they're gonna go small and i do like the starting lineup that they're playing with some of these bench units though i'm wondering is hauser gonna survive i think tonight you really saw hauser in the flow of an nba this was the first like real nba game that they played this preseason right that pace the rotations the minutes for guys i think he got i think the pace passed him by a little bit there so i'm interested to see how he adjusts to some regular season positions blake to me still doesn't look great um, although he's just getting his feet under Neither. him. We'll see how that goes. Looks like hit that backup center job's his right now. It Bobby, looks like so. Blake Hater. Hates this signing. I didn't Every I didn't love high. the signing. You know, we watched him last year. I, I hope I hope it goes well for him. But with um, with favors being available or whatever, like you're like, man, something's that they need a take back right now. I was very interested when they when they uh, when the Thunder traded favors to the Rockets, it seemed like there was a possibility. Are we talking about Blake for a second? Yeah. We I what is Blake what is Blake? Oh was John who left. I thought it was me. Yeah. I, so, I had to guess. I think he's on your side of this whole of the signing thing. What is what has Blake think, done so far? Yeah. I think I that's think what he's, he's gonna ask. Yeah. I mean look, I don't think Blake's a guy that you have to lean on for 15, 17 minutes, but he's just sort of that guy who can just fill in the blanks when you know at the end of, of end of the second and third quarter, you know. Whether that means someone's in foul trouble, whether you just need someone to sort of slow things down in the sense of just grabbing rebounds, because I just think rebounding is going to be a huge problem for this team, especially on nights when, you know, the shot's not falling and, and you're looking for, you know, guys from the bench. And, and I'm not saying Blake can be one of those guys, but in sense of being a, a defender, can 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 grab rebounds, can run the floor a bit. I don't I don't hate the signing. And then you think about the way he's been off the court and all the things he's had to say and seeing him hanging out with the guys. I think it's good. I think it's all it's all good in that regard. And, you know, maybe there's another option out there, but I don't think it's like significantly better, you know, but we'll we'll see. We'll see. What were you going to say? Hey, John, there's something about Blake. I was just saying, what does Blake do? Take charges. That's all he did yeah. last yeah, year. They'll have a competition going. Him and uh, Marcus. That was yeah, I didn't want the signing, John. I didn't. Love I, the signing. I mean, we were joking about it. I, I don't get it at all. I don't yeah, get I what. I don't get which Wait, minutes who, who do you are like Aldridge. Do you want a Lamarcus? No, I wasn't big on anything. Take you know, and all. come on, Joe Sway. Who do I want no, no, out not, there? Not you. Not you. I was talking about John. Yeah. I oh know, yeah, you know, yeah. You don't want Blake. You definitely don't want Lamarcus. But. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm looking for Luke minutes now. Who knows if he's ready to get out there? He does not <laughs> look good. <laughs> um, he's he he looks like he's still trying to get his feet under him with that ankle injury. That's probably tough for a seven two guy. Bobby pulled up to Montreal looking like Luke's agent. Check you out. <laughs> He's like, yo, this is a big preseason game, guys. Let's go. Come on. Come on. Let's get the extension I, done. I, Bobby, I don't right. even he's think available. Luke Cornette. Put him in, I don't even he's think Luke Cornette thinks he's going to play uh, as, <laughs> as, as much as you do. Like, there's Luke's, nobody. Luke's looking behind his bench like, oh, shit, Bobby's here. He's like, like he was shooting up. You think they opened the curtains, John, and it was a diversion? They had him out there with the starters? It could have been, Luke I guess. Cornette, Luke Cornette's burner in the chat would be like right now, like, yeah, I don't think Luke's playing. Like, he knows. He knows. <laughs> He knows. Listen, so on this roster, if they're looking for a backup five, you're talking about. They're not. They're not. They're just going to go small. (laughs) There's going to be some games where you're going to need a bigger body. You got to throw them in for a few minutes because you don't have a choice. But but they're going to try desperately to not use him. That's my. He's a. Would you rather see him or Blake, John? It's different. Neither. Is that an option? 
It is once Rob comes back. Because <laughs> right tonight they didn't play him. No, even tonight it's just it's not necessary. You have the starting lineup, then you have Grant, uh, and you have Brogdon, and that's seven. And who else was deeply in that? You're throwing Hauser in that rotation, whether he's Al's fully ready or big not. Minutes, huh? Alice playing big minutes in that case. Yeah. Which yeah, I don't know. I, he he has said he's ready for it and he wants it and he. He's going to go back to back. Grant's playing that, 30 minutes a night can, this year uh, until Rob's ready. If he can outplay Noah, my dude right now, Monley, then I'm for it. But I just don't, I don't know. I, I, I like, I like Monley in that position, that, that thirst, that thirst. I'm all for Monley if he can win that out. I think it should be an open competition between all those guys. I don't think there's a huge level of separation between those bigs off the bench. Um, and they will need them some nights. Like, I'm interested to see, are they going to go small and just play their style against Philadelphia? Joe actually got asked that at one point during the preseason. I think Scal asked it, whether he's the kind of coach who's going to adjust a, away from what he's starting games with if he sees things going the wrong way. And uh, he said he's willing to do that. So are you getting killed on the boards early on Tuesday and all of a sudden you need a big off that bench, try to go double big? I'm interested to see if that's a possibility for this group because they really are thin in that front court right now. With yeah. size, at least. Did, it, did anyone ask him about the um, the Tatum injection? Did anyone say what, what his thoughts on it? Joe didn't have too much to say about it. Grant gave the blow-by-blow, blow, like I said, um, of what happened each step of the way there. And, again, they shrugged it off. But it was an email talking all last year. Like, that was a real issue for this group, and they can't do it. And is there anyone there to say that now um, to these guys? Because email was screaming at his TV today. Had Tatum been ejected before? Was that his first? I, uh, I'm seeing that it's his first, but I'm not sure. I think so. I couldn't remember another one. So that was rare for him. Hmm. I guess the one thing you can say is that that ball bounce that he does has always been a technical and he already had one. So that was going to be a second one for him in that case. Now, if he was Draymond, he could have bounced it up to the roof and jumped on a guy. I know everyone's against the Celtics. Anti-Celtics bias. I'm just saying, no, just Draymond. Draymond in that case. He doesn't even get a suspension for punching a guy. Tatum's not getting ejected in the finals either. It's not, you know, (laughs) no no ref is going to. Hey, how about this for conspiracy theory? Draymond assaulted someone. Tatum is not getting a second tech, no matter how many ball bounces or anything in a playoff. John, how about this for how about this for conspiracy theory? Joe saw Tatum complain a little bit, didn't want to say anything. He went over to the ref and said, hey, kick Tatum out. See this guy up. <laughs> How would that be for coaching? be awesome. That's next level. I respect it. I love that. That'd be awesome. Toss him. Toss him. That Get would him be something. I should ask Joe that. He tell him to kick him out. Yeah, that would have been – he would have – that would have given you a lot of credibility. Yeah. Did, did you plan that? Um yeah, but with his sense of humor, I think he would have liked it. He's got a, you think he's got so? a he might sense have. of humor. Yeah, he might have, but it's risky. it's risky. I don't know. Uh, it's too bad. It's too bad it it's happened. Fun game. Fun game for the Fun game. We didn't even talk about Grant's, yeah. Grant Zioning his shoe, uh, which was uh, a spectacle. You don't see that Zion. very often. Somebody yeah. sh- Somebody's shoe blowing apart and Tatum getting ejected. That's a pretty, uh, pretty eventful preseason game. Full house. These tickets are going for like 150 here. I mean, Canada showed up. This is this this was this was Toronto's Super Bowl here, winning yeah. this preseason game against the Celtics. I love it. Congrats, it, guys! It, let's get these two teams in the playoffs I hope, again. I hope that there's a first round matchup of the Celtics because this that would be fun every right? year. We need it. We ruined for last our, year for a bunch mentions. of different reasons. Oh man! Yeah, I hope that happens. A uh, couple other things from this game I wanted to talk about. Um, I this makes me nervous. 
a little bit. Um, I hate, I don't believe anything they ever say regarding injuries. I, a precautionary injury is never a precautionary injury. Malcolm Brogdon is a guy you're very, very, very worried about on the injury front. I hate that something was bothering him enough to uh, sit the second half. Uh, precautionary or not, something happened. Uh, whatever it is. What, what are we saying? Swelling. Leg? Something, hamstring yeah. who knows what it's something um never a great thing so i i don't know if anybody talked about this bobby i saw i saw joe said precautionary yeah that's all that was said on it um, i don't believe i it. did see him i don't believe you i did see <laughs> earlier in the preseason <laughs> him kind of stretching. i don't believe i don't you. know if it was the same leg but i do remember him early in the preseason kind of stretching out his leg and it was looking a little stiff on him at one point. Last year wasn't the issue, the Achilles, the whole second half of the season. I got to line all that up leg-wise. And, Achilles, like, does that all line up on one leg? But um, that's the lower body issues for him have been the issues. Uh, ankle, heel, uh, hip. Lower that. body is half your body. That's a lot of stuff to be hurt, okay? Yeah. That's, that's the whole half of your body. If you're having lower body problems, that's not great. We talk about playing small. You need this guy, 6'6", six, six, wing need it. size, wing yeah. versatility with the shooting and the defense. You're oh, not going to be able to connect these lineups without him, especially without Rob out there. Those are the two glue guys for lineups that you, you can't do without both of them at the same time. You can have one out, as they do right now, but both of these guys, they're in a bad, bad spot. Yeah, yeah, but just the way he leads the offense, too. I mean, like, that's just someone you're going to have to rely on. I mean, again, of course, we're talking this team's going to go back to where they were again, you know, the NBA Files. Brogdon's a big, big part of that. So it'll be interesting to see what happens, you know, just like moving forward, not just with this, but just if any sort of precautionary, you know, exits or we find out he's not playing, you know, second nights of back-to-backs and stuff. People are going to have to remember that they're going to, they have the, the big picture in mind. And you want to, you want to preserve him because he's, he's never gone far to playoffs. So we've never, this is sort of uncharted waters for him. So they had a, they had to tread lightly here with, with him. It's preseason game three. You're already dinged up at this point. I'm not really, you know. Well, that's why you don't play the second half, John, right? Looking forward to the playoffs. I mean, but I mean, whether it's preseason game three or regular season game two, you don't want to see somebody already having some issues here, particularly someone who's been, um, you know, uh, kind of, a big injury concern. The second thing, and Bobby wanted to talk about it as well as the grant extension, um, you know, recent report, the Celtics and Grant Williams unlikely to reach an extension before uh, the beginning of their regular season. Uh, Williams seeking 13 to 17 million annually. I guess this is where we placed him based off of what you think the market, my thought was 12 to 14, which I think is still a shit ton of money. But if you value him, if you value him, you overpay a little. I don't know exactly. if you're going to 17, 18 million dollars for Grant. I just don't know. Didn't that kind of open our eyes? Uh, I think it was earlier in the summer when Fisher put out that 20 million dollar figure, and we were like, huh? And <laughs> you were thinking about this extension going into the summer, and you were but like, all right. But that's what I said is whatever number he might have in his mind to the Celtics, I think he's a 10 to 12 million dollar player, and that's where they're comfortable going. And if he's going over that, if they're at a stalemate, that means they can't bridge their gap, which means whatever he's asking for is a good bit over where the Celtics are, are where the Celtics have him slotted in terms of what they think he's worth. I don't so think they they're close. They might have him at eight to ten, and he's yeah. saying what? And so we, you got a problem here. You're not talking yeah. about 
overpaying a little, you're talking about possibly doubling what you think he's worth. That's a line you don't probably cross. If, if, if they're far apart enough to not be able to bridge the gap from where Grant is, Grant is and where they are, they're not getting this done. Yeah, but if you're Grant, you look at the way the, look at the, the the situation that they're in right now in the front court. You're like, wait, if if Rob isn't healthy throughout the course of the season, all of a sudden I'm, I'm a lot more valuable than I was one year ago. He right? might become and, a starter, but I'm you rolling the dice because he also made he made a stride last season. I thought it was a significant stride. He's he's I can see him betting on himself. And look, between 13, 17 million, I'm I'm not shocked at it. You know, Al's not getting much younger. Obviously, you know he's looking ahead a couple of years from now. Raw, we don't know what his situation is going to be like, whether this is going to be a lingering injury or so. Like, he could be getting – this is starter's money, right? And that could be the, the future for Grant. But do we have you to wait. Think, do you believe a team out there is coming at Grant in the offseason with a four-year $80 million offer sheet? I could say I'm it. not saying over. I do I not. Mean, I think that that's insanity to spend What if he comes out in the playoffs again, John, and guards Giannis and Durant again? I don't exactly. think that you're He's paying 20 right I don't think you pay $20 million for that. Detroit's got it. Yeah, some of these bad teams. I wanted, think as soon as you give that money, money to defender. Grant Williams, you're immediately trying to figure out how to trade that contract. That's, that's what I think happens. Well, that's a worry here for the Celtics, right? So... I think we all look at it at this point and say nine, ten. We even kind of looked at that. I right, said right, twelve, right? So like uh, maybe. But, right. Plus, but yeah, our contract's almost done, so you know he's looking at things that way. That's the other factor, Joe Sway. But we'll get to that in a second. On on Grant, you're 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 talking about a guy who's a pseudo starter for you right now, who's shooting forty percent from three, who defends all these different positions. He has a lot of leverage. He's, especially, he's not this a pseudo starter. The, he's your seventh best player. Your seventh yeah, best player is going to make 20, $18 million, $16, 17000000 million? It's out there this time. So that's the tricky thing. A lot of teams have money. A lot of teams have to use it. I got to actually yeah. do the math out here. But, you know, Jared's article where I think that was where you got that um, 13 17 there, it does map out that that money is out there next summer. And whether it's Detroit, whether it's some of these other teams – they're going to be able to throw an offer sheet. And if it does go that high, you are in a tough spot. If you had drafted better, you wouldn't even be thinking about signing Grant to this extension right now. The problem is, is they have nothing coming behind it. If you had drafted better and you had a couple of young players that you had to pay in a year or two, you would just be like, goodbye. Thank you. You, uh, you can play for us. You do what you did with Marcus smart. The first go around. Sorry, we're not going to give you the money you want. And then seeing that nobody else was going to give it to him either, then he had to sign the deal that they were willing to give him. And I think Marcus Smart was better and more valuable to the Celtics at that point than Grant Williams is now. And that's what they did with him. They're like, I know you do all of these things and you're a defensive guy, but I'm just not giving you the money you think you're worth. And if somebody else wants to do it, good luck. And I think that's what they'll do with Grant. Playoff performances build your stock up, you know, and I know he wasn't great in the NBA finals, but uh, I mean, look, from what, what he did from behind the arc being probably the, the best three-point shooter, well, Al, Al lit things up in the postseason, but overall throughout the season, it was Grant who was more consistent from, Game from behind seven. the arc. And you look at what, he's the third most important big man on this team. You know, one of your better three-point shooters, he's getting old, older, you know, he's going into his prime years. I mean, I get it. It makes sense. He knows that the Celtics are, are in a tough spot here, and there's, there's a lot of what ifs. So he's he's betting on himself. You know, he's you're paying starters out. money to a rotation player. Okay, it's well, a lot of money. Case, that might not be the case this summer though, or next summer, John. I think that's what he's. That's how he's, uh, you know, looking at this thing. You know, he's not looking at like, oh, okay, 
yeah, I'm getting paid for what I did in the past. It's also, look, I'm betting on myself that my I'm going to build my stock up. And if you don't resign me, you're going to have to match one of these other offers that are going to be out there this this upcoming summer. You're, you're being leveraged here, John, because you don't have picks. Right. Horford's a free agent, too. So you're weighing both of those at the same time. You don't have that front court depth behind Rob and Rob's hurt quite a bit. I mean, just stack up all these different leverages Grant has plus money on the market. Like you can count out four or five different pieces of leverage that Grant has. I do think it's in both their best interests to not do an extension though. Uh, if you're Grant, you oh, go my to the market. I'll be right back. If, if you're Grant Josue, you go to the market where there's all that money. Um, if you're the Celtics off, you have one good year of Grant, right? Two years ago, people in our chat were saying, kick Grant off the team. <laughs> so which one of those years is the real grant? I think you go into this year, you find that out, you go to the market because you have restricted free agent rights, right? So you can match right. any deal that he gets out there. Yeah. I don't think it's – and Grant doesn't seem upset about not getting extension either. Every time we've asked him, he said, I don't worry about it. Um, now, the one thing yeah, I'm worried about – you know, I let my true. agent think yeah. of that, but you know he's looking at his phone and stuff. But, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So here's the one thing I'm worried about, though, from this preseason that we've watched with Grant – these lefty layups, these dribble drives into the paint. Yeah, he's trying to add. He's trying to add stuff to his bag. Yeah, yeah. What's that all about? Is that is that helping out the team, adding layers he's to your trying game? To add stuff that... to his bag. He's trying to add. Like, look, oh, I'm not just a oh, go in the corner and I find you for a three guy. He's trying to put the ball on the floor and you know set shots and I mean shots off the dribble and you know those uh, side steps and then get you know get the guy flies this is by Grant you. Chance show sway. He's trying to show he's got other tricks in his bag. And I, I think he's been working on those stuff, on that stuff throughout the summer. He's still just okay, guys. Hey, what we we got to be realistic. He's, hey, he, hey he's, no one's calling him great. No he's one's just him okay. Great. No, but John, we're talking about the fact that he's doing all these different things in the preseason. What does that say? Like he's trying to round out his game. He's trying to push that scoring total up. And right. I'm sure some of it's to help the team and be more versatile player. But it, I don't think it's a coincidence that you know, you're going into this season with your contract year and you're trying to expand your game offensively. And he has done a lot of things this preseason that we haven't seen him do before. Uh, that right. lefty layup, dribble drives, uh, trying to create on the move. Package him for Draymond. Ooh. Yo. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if, the, if the price tag wasn't so high, you think Tatum wouldn't like that idea? Package him <laughs> for Draymond. Let's get him over here. I like Grant. Next I know Draymond. we know you do, Bobby. <laughs> we, we know you do. He's like, I don't like give you no aging Draymond. No, but here's the thing, and this is what we were saying I when like you left Grant. Grant. Yeah. <laughs> there's no, there's no urgency for either side to do this now, right? If you're the Celtics, wait. If you're Grant, go to that market with all that money. You have the restricted rights here. I don't think there's any reason for either side to do an extension now. <laughs> Someone goes. I mean, no, there is, there is for the Celtics. If you're, if you want to keep them, and you're worried the price goes up. So but are they sure. getting a bargain deal here? There's more only if you get the bargain deal. There's more you you run the risk if you're the Celtics and you know you want them and you're trying to play the two million three million game. You could risk it going in the wrong direction. It's what you did with Rob. You signed him to the extension before. What would Rob have gotten on the open market without you know his offseason surgeries and this and that? Way more than what he got from the Celtics. I mean, Rob's value would have doubled 
Uh, yeah. I mean, close to. That would have been interesting, yeah. yeah so, sure. but you identify that I really want this guy, so I'm just going to lock it up now, whatever it takes. If Grant is that guy in their eyes, you do overpay a little bit because you don't want it to go too too far because you know you want it. You know, you know ultimately you're going to come to a deal. But if you're not sure you want him or you really are pretty sure you really only want him at a certain price, and you know what, I'd rather spend that money elsewhere if I can, then you don't. Um, so I don't know what I don't know if they feel he's indispensable. I don't know that he is either. Um, I think he's fine. I think he's fine. Yeah, but you also have to remember too. It's not the, that's what I wanted to bring up. If you're Grant's agent, you're like, like, let's say the Celtics are trying to go out and replace Grant this season via trade. Like they don't have a whole lot of pieces in it. And we we talked about this. Oh, actually, we kind of talked about it a little bit. We were talking about Derek right Derek White earlier, John. When we said how, you know, the Celtics want, if you're Derek White, you want to make this work. And if you're the Celtics, you do too, because, you know, the, the, what you gave up in that first round pick and, you know, he hasn't even been here for a year and it would be a disaster if he was unable to, you know, carve out a, a, uni, a, a significant role in this team, especially at this point in the, you know, mid, midway through the season, if he's unable to sort of stick or whatever. You're going to, if you're Grant's representation, you're like, man, you guys will be in a really tough spot because you can't replace him. And if you do, you're not going to get the same sort of production and, and bringing in someone and taking a risk on somebody who's, you know, most likely hasn't been in the league or has been trying to you know, cling on to one of these teams. So I, I think, again, that, that plays a part in this as well. So that has to do with this with that asking price, in my opinion. The fact that Rob is banged up, you know, the, the fact that in a couple of years, you know, someone's going to have to sort of replace Al in that starting lineup. And if you're, if you're his agent, you're saying, this is Grant. He's the guy. You know, he's got a great relationship with Jason Tatum. They hang out outside of outside – of, yeah, the book just fell off, and I just – that scared the heck out of me. You don't read books. <laughs> you know, they, they have a great relationship off the court. You want to obviously make Tatum happy, and if he fits, he's a good team guy. So all that, they're taking into consideration if, if you're if you're Grant's agent. I'm all set. I, I, you know, I, so you, yeah. you let him go, John. No, I just wouldn't. I, I, I would set my I would set my price and what I think he's worth. And beyond that, I just wouldn't go there. It's all going to be interchanged with Horford. If you can get Horford back on a minimum, which is going to be interesting, actually. I don't think that gets talked about enough, his free agency coming up. You might be able to shuffle more of that money over to Grant, right? Because you're taking $30 million off the books in Horford, transferring that to possibly a minimum or mid-level deal, and then you can kick back extra money over to Grant and pretty much have the same salary as a team. I'm not sure what can add. The Gallinari thing's tricky, too. He's coming back at... Six million or whatever it is after the ACL injury because they gave that second year, uh, so they're gonna have some shuffling to do in the front court this off season for sure. And then the Rob's injury history makes it all the more tricky. Luckily, you have him locked up at the number you do, as you said. I'd yeah. love to see Al come back on a, on a minimum deal. I mean, look, I'm not trying to say like Which he has a great year though, Joe Sway. He might go to the market again and say 10 million, 15 million. Like, why not go get one more big contract? Yeah, he might. Depends wild. how he does this year. I'll, I'll How'd he look to you guys tonight? He made a whole lot of money. He looked Ooh. good. Al? Yeah. yeah he's he fine. He's, he looked yeah. like Al. Uh, you fine. know who doesn't look awesome? Who? Who, who am I going to say? Uh, it could be Marcus. a lot of people. Who knows? <laughs> who is Marcus Mark? Yeah. No. So... Yeah, he hasn't been good. He was talking about some – he's been talking about bumps and bruises the whole preseason, going back to that ankle thing when we interviewed him. Um, and yeah, It yeah. doesn't look great to me. Working I don't know what it is. 
Something's he off. Was getting, he was getting right. stretched out pregame for a long time, like yeah. longer than guys usually are. Uh, so I wonder physically how he's holding up. I didn't get. I I talked to him in the locker room pregame. I didn't get into the health stuff, but um, he has been complaining about some stuff. And then he took that spill, like he was grimacing at one point. I that might have been the quad, right? At one point that he's dealt with for years there. So I wonder what kind of shape he's in physically right now. The quad, or as my wife would call it, the Kwame. <laughs> Do you think that's what it is, John? Is it physical? He just looks he looks old and slow, but it might be an injury. He just looks off right now. He doesn't look he doesn't look like himself. Yeah, he he, that's happened over the weekend of the season. I mean, that doesn't happen every year. Marcus also is someone who tends to ramp up. Um, you know, what's interesting with Marcus is he's coming to camp not in like peak physical. Uh, shape and I don't know how what he is this year whether what you think uh and then you see as the It'd season be physical, goes on John right because they play till late June yeah if you got out so of it shape. could be physical and yeah. sometimes he kind of plays his way into shape as the season goes on and he starts to look better as it gets into it he just looks a little off to me right now I don't know if you guys picked up on it I no, think I'm it's physical you. if if you got out of shape in the month and a half that they were off there that would that would be bad I don't it happens it had he's he's been a couple he's a couple times he came in I remember he came in last year and I was like he doesn't he looks overweight you know and he, and then he kind of always leans up he didn't look the good you know beginning of last year either he was terrible yeah, terrible um so we'll see we'll see what that is but I don't know if you guys saw that overall you know uh you know preseason's over offense looks good Defense isn't as good right now, but it's again, uh, you're not playing balls out defense in the preseason, so I don't think it's a fair judge. But I do like the way that the offense is trending right now, um, in terms of. I'm the glad way they got to play this team too, right? Is there a better test the length. than yeah. Toronto? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's good. And this this was the Toronto I was expecting to see in Boston. That that was a lackluster effort from the Raptors in that game until late. When yeah, they right. Was, that was a blowout that they different. that they gave back to Toronto. But I mean, Celtics yeah. Celtics blew their doors off there. Um, so we'll see. Uh, really interesting coming up with the Philly. Like I said, we're gonna have a preview on Monday. Uh, we're gonna throw out some bold predictions. That's always fun. See see how many of them hit. We're back. Uh, we're back, uh, and then the the opener on Tuesday. So uh, season's ready to ramp up, guys. We're pretty psyched about it, uh, and psyched to have everybody here on board. Uh, you guys remember when I crushed it with the bowl predictions last year? That yeah, you did. Uh, once again, want to tell everybody about Athletic Greens, our sponsor, athleticgreens.com slash garden. Free one-year supply of vitamin D, five free travel packs of this terrific uh, uh, supplement here. Uh, 75 uh, vitamins and minerals all packed into one little scoop. You pour it into some water and that's it. All of your health needs are done for the day. You don't have to go shopping for a million different pills and supplements. Just get it all in one place here, athleticgreens.com. It's basically three bucks a day to take care of your health. We will also send you again, athleticgreens.com slash garden for the deal you see on the screen and this t-shirt. Send me your deets and I will get it out to you. I promise. Uh, as soon as we can so uh please support our sponsors it obviously helps us a great deal when you do uh it is important to us it allows us to keep bringing this content if you're at all interested in it at least check it out i know a lot of people have and a lot of people have purchased it and a lot of people really like it so uh check it out for us if you can once again celtics lose their preseason final 137 134 jason tatum was not around to see the end of this one as he got three technical fouls essentially and got tossed from the game uh couple injury things possibly to watch out for. Marcus Smart looked a little banged up. 
throughout the game and then kind of hobbled a little bit when he slipped on a wet spot. Malcolm Brogdon missed the second half of the game for precautionary reasons. We'll see what's up with that. Um, we'll have some updates as the team kind of practices over the next couple of days heading into Monday's uh game you can follow bobby manning and all of his updates on clnsmedia.com uh check out the website for written content and check out our youtube channel uh celtics all access for all of our post-game materials bobby will have a report yes, from the sir. game as well as all of the post-game sound uh as well so that's all going to be updated there uh in addition to a slew of all of our terrific celtics podcasts which will be I'm sure doing season previews as the uh, in the coming days here as well. So uh, that's it. Josue Pavone, uh, Bobby Manning up in Canada, uh, holding it down for Good to be media. here. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Bobby, by Bobby's going to defect. Um, what, a, what, then, a, what an atmosphere. I love this. I love it up there. Great. I love, yeah, I love Montreal. I love Toronto. I love Quebec, Vancouver. One of my favorite. I love Vancouver. Um, you know, uh, I loves me some Canada. So Damn, you uh, really do. You went to all those places. I've been all those places. Yeah. I, I love it. Um, Jesus. Dude, love Canada. You never mentioned Canada. <laughs> you love I Canada. do. I do. I do. One of my favorite professional experiences was, of, was covering the Bruins Stanley cup against Vancouver. Yeah. That was so friggin' fun. Oh yeah. You did. Yeah. You, you mentioned that. That yeah, was a ton of fun. Um, anyway, thanks guys. Um, uh, for hanging out with us for the preseason. As we said, things really kick off uh, starting Monday and then Tuesday with the first game. So we're psyched to have you all back, um, you know, for, you know, the first of 82 and then well beyond. So uh, that's going to wrap Whoa. it up. Good night, everybody. <laughs>